Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. I hope things are going really well. We've had a bit of a mix of topics over the last few weeks and we're keeping that trend going during this episode. We're going to be discussing landing pages, which is a topic that hasn't been covered in depth on any episode so far. And of course, landing pages play a huge and important role in PPC. They have a direct impact on conversion rate. So it's important that we're getting things right. And today's guest, Todd Chambers, is going to be providing us with some insights on how to best optimize our pages. And we'll also be discussing a few other things like how to monitor results and things like that along the way. So let's get started right away. So hi, Todd. How are you today? Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Liam. Yeah, not a problem. I'm excited to to get started. So could you first of all tell us about yourself and Abroad Media in a couple of minutes? Yeah, sure. So uh, personally, been working in uh, PPC for a long time in, in paid media for about 10 years, which is actually crazy to say that. Previously worked for agencies in uh, central London, ran large PPC teams, and uh, more recently moved to Amsterdam. I've been uh, in the Netherlands for around uh, four years, and now running uh, Upro Media, which is a uh, specialist PPC agency for uh, the SaaS industry. So we run, I'd say, complex and uh, high-end uh, paid media campaigns. We do conversion rate optimization, we build landing pages, we run experiments, we do ad creatives, we make uh, custom reporting dashboards, and generally we help uh, SaaS companies accelerate growth through through paid media. So it's going to be nice to hear from someone with such an extensive range of PPC knowledge and, and landing page knowledge, especially in the SaaS industry, which is obviously quite different to your retail landing pages that go specifically to one product each time. So thanks for the introduction. I'm really looking forward to learning some more from you and about landing pages. So stay tuned, everyone, and we'll dive right in. So yeah, let's get started and talk about landing pages in detail. I'm going to ask a few questions that are quite generic to start with, and then we'll move on to some more advanced questions that as we move through the episode. So in your opinion, Todd, what role do landing pages play in PPC and why are they so important? Well, I mean, uh, they're hugely important. And in my experience, most people undervalue uh, landing pages and they allocate way too much resources into kind of getting people to the landing pages. So they optimize their PPC campaigns. Uh, you know, they, they create tons of experiments on uh, ad creatives and they try and improve CTR and all of these things, which are, of course, are really, really important. But really, that's the easy bit. Getting people to click on an ad is relatively easy. It's how do you actually sell your product or service well and and get them to convert so you know they're, they're incredibly important and what happens when you manage to get things right is there a major difference compared to someone who's just doing a standard page for all yeah um of course so i mean if you really really take the time to to execute this well then you can dramatically improve conversion rates i mean if you think about it if you can improve conversion rates from three percent to you know to six percent you can literally double the amount of conversions you get. So it's incredibly important. Ultimately, getting it right means that you're ramping up the rate of your experiments. That's, that's I think, the, the key to unlocking uh, better performance. You know, not, not going for, for quality of experiments. Of course, the quality is important, but uh, I think what you'll find is the, the volume of experiments. If you can increase that, you'll increase the kind of learning curve and you'll ultimately improve performance. You touched on experiments, and I think we'll be going into them in a bit more detail as we move on through the episode. Just before we do get into those sort of advanced questions, when you talk about landing page, does each individual PPC campaign need its own landing page, or is it down to the keyword level? Or how do you want to sort of segment it? 
it depends and there's a there's a ton of nuance with this stuff so you know some people's campaigns i'll i'll see have 226 uh campaigns and they're separated by geography by device by service by product and other times you'll log into an account and you'll just see one campaign but then they might have 500 keywords or, or 500 ad groups so i think the best way to think about this question is not um should we have an individual landing page for each campaign it's ultimately understanding the intent of each search so you have keywords in your account but then underneath the keywords you actually have have search queries so trying to structure your campaign campaigns in your account in such a way that it's incredibly granular and then developing landing pages that very closely align with the intent of the user that's that's basically the game so if you're a company that only has one service maybe you're a SaaS company what's the difference between sending ppc clicks to a unique landing page or sending them all to your home page or pricing page for example well, I think it's quite simple. Um, if you send people to the homepage, it's hard to customize the content and the experience to the intent of the user. So when you start building out customized landing pages, ultimately you're tailoring the experience to yeah, the intent of the user, which will improve conversion rate. So for, it, it can work in the case of you, you mentioned pricing page. So if you were running, say, a remarketing campaign uh, based on people that had not converted and had been on the site for a certain amount of time, well, those people are probably more interested in the pricing. If it's if you're running an ad on a cold audience who've never heard of you and it's a really complicated product or service, sending them directly to the pricing page without any context is probably not a good idea. So creating, uh, structuring your account in such a way that you understand where the users are in the journey, are they you know higher up the funnel or are they lower down the funnel? and then creating a landing page and an experience that matches up with those users. Yep, absolutely, that makes sense. So we're just gonna touch on the pages themselves now. So we're gonna look at what should be on the page or if you've got any ad advice for, for the pages themselves. So are there any things that brands can include or maybe leave out to help customers find out what they're looking for? Yeah, indeed, um, there's a few things here. So um, the first, the, probably the most important thing is the value proposition. This is really the most important thing you should be thinking about when building a landing page. What is unique about you? What is the value you can bring to the user? So uh, in, in my experience as well, looking at tons of uh, heat maps on landing pages, often people don't scroll uh, below the fold. You know, they'll just land on the landing page. If the value proposition, which is typically the main headline, if that doesn't resonate, then they'll bounce. So the first thing I would be thinking about is, yeah, the, the value proposition. And in terms of structuring your content, I would say um, you need a clear call to action. So what is it you actually want the user to do? Like, what is the goal of this page? Is it for somebody to sign up to a free trial? Do you want someone to call you? Do you want them to book a demo? Do you want them to download a white paper? And good landing pages typically focus on, on one goal. And then another thing I would think to focus on would be, what are the motivations of the users? What are the questions that they might have? And then what are the potential barriers to stopping them convert? And um, I can also share a, um, a framework we have for that. So the best way to get that information is to speak to the sales team, speak to customer success, actually speak to your customers. Like what is the motivation for you using this service? Uh, what questions might you have? Like most people want to know what the price is. How does it work? What's the process? Who do you typically work with? 
what are the barriers that might stop them from converting? Well, maybe it's too expensive. Uh, there, there are tons of different variations. So those are the fundamentals I would think about when thinking about structuring my landing page content and what to include. Once you have all that information, you can put your call to action in a really visible place so that when someone goes to that page, you're sort of telling them what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And the 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 placement of it, I would say, typically it's good to have it above the fold. So be explicit. That's another principle of conversion rate optimization is to be explicit, to be clear and transparent. So someone hits the landing page, there's a unique, there's a solid value proposition, and you're very upfront about what you want the user to do. So sign up to my free trial. So typically having that CTA above the fold, but then depending on the, the length of the landing page, if you have a very complex product or solution or it's expensive and you're you're running this on a cold audience people don't know who you are then maybe you have a really long landing page so it could make sense to kind of sprinkle that cta throughout the page you know, maybe have it above the fold maybe include it in the middle and maybe include it at the end but if you've obviously got a short and snappy landing page which is just uh, you know sign up then maybe just having uh, one cta so it really does depend yeah of course that makes sense do you follow the same process on Google and Bing ads as you do on Facebook and, and LinkedIn and Twitter and, and social channels? Yeah, so the, the most important thing is not necessarily the channel. It's more the intent of the user and if they're cold or they're hot. So on Facebook, uh, let's assume you're not running a remarketing campaign. You're probably running it on, on cold audiences. So it's more important to think about yeah the, the audience where they are in the funnel if they know you or if they know you already and then to create a, a landing page that fits in with with that user looking at google ads specifically this is one question that i found quite interesting that i'm intrigued about how much do landing pages impact quality score or, or and your cost per click or do, is there no correlation yeah, there is uh, for sure it has an impact on on quality score i think that the mistake that people make is that they think they can just include the keyword of the user on the landing page and that's that's going to push the needle but but that's that's actually not the case and it goes back to some of my previous comments you really need to understand what is that user trying to achieve what information do they need what is the intent of that user so don't think about trying to include the keyword or the search query in the landing page try and create the most amazing experience possible for that user so they'll stick around you'll provide that good experience and that will improve quality scores so that would be the main uh, concern and the other point would be to have the um, message match so somebody makes a search make sure that ad closely correlates to yes their keyword but the intent and that is followed through to the landing page that will have the biggest impact on quality score and i think you kind of answered my question in that if you're too busy thinking about um, cost per click and quality score, then you're not thinking about the user and what they want from the page instead. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And as marketers, we can often try and find hacks and, and shortcuts and, and things of that nature. How can we dynamically include the keyword on the landing page? But really what matters is providing a really, really good product or a really, really good service and being super relevant to that user. So really focus your energy there. Of course, that makes total sense. So we're just going to move on now to a bit of a comparison, really. One thing that I'm also interested to get your opinion on is whether or not it's better to take a manual approach or use split testing. 
So what's the difference between creating unique landing pages yourself or using a tool like Google Optimize or Optimizely to just edit the page, same page multiple times to suit different PPC campaigns? Yeah, it's a good question. So it's a good question. So the, the main thing to think about is that you can have the same outcome through both of these tools, whether you use Google Optimize or you use something like uh, Unbounce. We, we typically use uh, Unbounce. Google Optimize is more of a an experimentation tool. So if you already have a landing page and you think, I just want to test the value proposition, this call to action, maybe this sentence, maybe this color, then Google Optimize is great because one, it's free. And two, you can say, I want to uh, re-render the page. So 50% sees this and 50% sees that. So Google Optimize is more of a kind of experiment landing page uh, solution. Whereas something like Unbounce is more of a, full-on landing page builder and experimentation tool. So I think it's around £100 per month. So it really depends on what you need. And in the context of us as an agency, we really need to be able to build landing pages from scratch for our clients. Um, so, yeah, it really depends on, on on what you need. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose you could start small and do do a bit of an experiment on Google Optimize and then work your way up to that point where you're on Unbounce and, and you're creating unique pages for, for each campaign. You don't have to go in and do everything straight away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing that's really, really important to consider and the kind of a misconception about conversion rate optimization and, and landing pages in general is that we should be split testing everything. And I mean, that's great, but you need to really consider your experimentation bandwidth. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you've got lots of traffic, uh, it's going to be much quicker for you to get to statistical significance. If you're a small company, small local company, and you're spending, you know, hundreds or maybe into the thousands, and you're getting, you know, 30, 40, 50 clicks per day, and you have a relatively low conversion rate, then you need that to be factored in to your experimentation process. Uh, and you can use a tool like VWO Calculator, and you can plug in the numbers and say, this is how much traffic I get per day. This is my current conversion rate. Uh, I'm going to run this 50-50 experiment, and it will give you an indication of how long it will take to get to statistical significance. And you'd be amazed um, if you have a low amount of traffic. It can literally, I mean, I've plugged in some customer numbers in the past, and I've seen it's going to take eight years to get to uh, some kind of conclusion. So uh, I think the world's probably going to change in the eight years. So just, just <laughs> you need to consider, yeah, your experimental bandwidth as well. Yeah, that's a good point. If you've got, if you're getting, I don't know, 50 clicks a day and you're running five experiments, you're not going to find enough data to, to make an impactful decision. Yeah, abso absolutely. And if, if you're just starting out, probably be a little bit bold um, because to really make those significant uh, increases, again, another misconception is I'm going to change this button color to, to green instead of blue, or I'm going to change the CTA. And sometimes you will find quick wins. But in the beginning, I would say um, go for kind of bigger experiments. So how can you really provide an amazing user experience and, and, and kind of test some assumptions on a, on a much bigger level? And then over time, what you, you'll make those big learnings, then you can dial down more on those kind of smaller quick wins. So an important conversation to finish our chat is on reporting. So obviously it's, it's all well and good making experiments and changing things, but you've got to ensure that you know what's happening. So do you have any tips for how people can monitor success and make sure that they, they're gaining value? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so mo most people will just track conversions within, for example, if you're running Google ads, 
they'll have a really good indication of what is my cost per acquisition, what is my cost per lead. Well, that's great, but it only gets you to a certain point. What you really need to understand is what is happening post-conversion. As marketers, probably many people listening to this, what you want is good quality leads. It's not a volume, it's the quality. So my advice would be don't just track conversion. Make sure you're tracking post-conversion. So make sure the information is sent into a CRM system and you're able to see either in the CRM, I would say a first stop solution would be looking in the CRM, okay, which campaigns are actually driving good quality leads, which keywords are driving good quality leads. And in an ideal world, you could re-import that information back into a platform like Google Ads. So Salesforce, for example, has a direct integration. So you could, if you have enough volume, actually start optimizing in your account. So you're feeding the, the algorithm further, further down the conversion path than, than just the lead. So these people are then a marketing qualified lead. Uh, sending that information back in, you'll be able to optimize your campaigns much better. Another thing you want to consider as well is LTV. In my experience, most people are not setting conversion targets based on anything uh, economical. So they're not basing it on the lifetime value of a customer. So the way that I would think about it is how much on average do I make per customer? Let's call it uh, £1,500. And then how much of that LTV am I willing to give up to gain that customer? So what is the customer acquisition cost that I'm willing to give up? So let's say I'm willing to give up a third. So that would then be you know, £500. Well, how many conversions does it then take me in my Google Ads account to get that customer? So kind of reverse engineering from LTV and monitoring everything in a CRM, that's really when you can kind of go to the next level. Yeah, that's um, good advice. Figure out what the lifetime value is and then work back. It gives you more of a, a figure to, to work with and can really help. Yeah. Moving on to the final question in, in the, sort of this reporting question, and is that is, how frequently do you think we should be updating pages, making tweaks or experimenting to make sure that we're staying fresh and modern and that our pages are converting well? I, I think the quick answer is as much as possible. But then, of course, going back to my point, yeah, on the, on the VWO calculator, it really does depend on your experimentation bandwidth. I would say from a, from a conversion rate optimization perspective, the volume of experiments is really, really important because when you focus on volume, you'll quickly learn. So I guess the quick answer is yes, as much as possible. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I hope people go away and can take some really actionable advice. The ideal scenario is that if nobody's ever experimented, that everyone goes away and at least conducts one experiment after this podcast, that would be a great achievement. And I think listening to your, your insights and advice, hopefully we'll all realize why that's important to do. Uh, moving forward, we're going to end the episode with some lighthearted questions just to finish off for the last few minutes. I'll be asking Todd a few quick questions that are related to his career and anything that he can share that might help anyone that's listening. So first of all, I'd like to start with a fun question. So do you have any interesting stories, Todd, from when you were first starting out in your marketing career? Probably the most interesting story, which people always ask me about, is when I uh, previously worked for Lord Sugar. So the guy that won the uh, the BBC Apprentice, a guy called Mark Wright, I was essentially their first employee. And uh, they were a PPC and uh, SEO agency, so... Yeah, I, I actually had to personally manage the first 60 accounts my, myself uh, because they had so much PR from, from the show. So 
that's where I um, really learned a lot about, uh, you know, building a PPC team and an agency. And uh, I also learned a lot about what I didn't like about agencies, which is which is kind of why I created uh, Uproar Media. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I can imagine that was chaotic when all those accounts just came flooding in. Yeah, it was like it seemed like every two minutes there was a new account and we didn't have a team. So it was kind of simultaneously trying to build a team and keep the clients happy. So it was a challenging but uh, interesting time. Yeah, but it was. I'm going to move on to another question. So what is one thing that you've learned that might be able to help other marketers? Yeah, I think the main thing for me would be start from a position that you're probably wrong about everything. So I've made this mistake many times. You can easily kind of stick a stake in the ground. This is my position on this. But starting out from that predisposition, I think, will keep you open to new ideas. Uh, So always stay curious, always be learning. And then whatever you learn, try and put those things into frameworks, actual physical documents that you continuously update, you refine, you stress test. So those would be the kind of three pillars of, uh, of growth, I would say. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because if you put your learning into frameworks, other people are craving new ideas and and things. So it's a good opportunity to to get things out there and share your content and how you work. Outside of landing pages, I'm going to ask one final question to finish this. So outside of landing pages, do you have any favorite resources or tools that you think other people might be able to get some value from? Yeah, sure. I'm going to shamelessly plug my own tool that I built, uh, which I've had tons of good feedback from. So if you're building a Google AdWords or a Bing or basically a search a search campaign, there's this uh, terminology called the single keyword ad groups or SCAGs. I don't know if you've heard of uh, that yourself, Liam, but basically I created a tool using Google Sheets where you can create really kind of complex, hyper-focused, granular search campaigns Uh, in Google Sheets, and then you can port it into Google AdWords Editor. So I would say, yeah, you can maybe uh, link to that. But my, And I also created a tutorial video, which is about 17 minutes long, where I talk you through the whole process. So if you're starting out in PPC, that's a really, really useful tool. And then in terms of other resources, I would say CXL Institute is really, really good. I mean, everybody in our company has their own login and access to CXL. So if you're a company owner, a founder, an agency owner, Giving your team access to CXL, I think, is some of the industry-leading training. So, Yeah, that sounds like a great way to leave it. It's actually nice when when guests tell us about something that we can go away and use that you've built. And I'm sure that if anyone uses that, they'll get great value from it. Um, What I'll do is probably drop that in our comments so that people can find it really easily if you want to check that out. So, yeah, thank you for being a great guest, Todd. Thanks so much, Liam. It's my pleasure. Yeah, not a problem. I hope everyone really enjoyed the episode. And stay tuned. I'm sure there'll be much more coming out very shortly. Thanks, Liam.